Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Okay, Stephen and Michelle are down here. Uh, Stephen and Michelle are on staff at our Antigua campus. So uh, they're actually leading worship and really anything and everything. Uh, but they are up here uh, for the week and learning and growing. And it's so much fun having uh, Antigua on the line and then having them here in Dallas. So I love uh, all that God is doing. This one house, many rooms is really a ton of fun uh, for sure. Stretching in the best of ways, uh, but so, so much uh, fun. So we're glad to have you guys here. All the leaders that are listening to this right now love love you so very much you are amazing and wonderful and we're thankful for you and of course all of you who are in the room right now i'm glad uh that you are here and we're all on this journey together uh let me tell you guys a couple of quick things that you might not uh know uh one is you're awesome maybe you didn't maybe you knew that but let me just tell you again you are wonderful uh number two though uh, we have some really exciting things on the horizon today uh with the staff team I'm going to be rolling out a new growth track and new leadership track and what that's going to be looking like for us as a church. And I'm really, really excited about what uh, we're going to be able to see happen in the lives of the people who are planted in this church, where we're really going to see folks develop and become who God is calling them to be. So I I am so, so fired up. Uh, What a joy all the leaders God has brought us. But since he's bringing people in seed form, uh, if you will, we want to make sure uh, we are creating an environment, a soil where people can grow and mature and develop uh, because we have more campuses to launch, uh, more people to reach, more lives to serve. And just want to make sure we're, we're pulling on the potential and the capacity that's on the inside of everyone. One of the other things that I'm really excited about uh, as well is uh, Andrew and Hannah Scott are actually here today. Andrew's going to be sharing uh, with us today. So I'm so fired up about this. And a huge thing is they actually have moved back here uh, to uh, Dallas. So we are thrilled about that. Uh, They're stepping into actually the White Rock campus pastor role. That'll be their official uh, role. I'm really, really thrilled about this. We have Eric and Gabby who are at Bishop Arts as campus pastors. Then we also have Nate and Whitney Louder that have stepped up in Antigua. So Antigua already knew all of this because I had already been down there and talked. So, so some of you guys, they're like, oh yeah, we know it. We've been kind of operating like this, but in Dallas, you guys may not know. I'll announce this to the church as well. Uh, I'm still going to be preaching, but I was just feeling like I needed uh, someone that can kind of own uh, some of the lot of the logistics of this campus, like somebody owns Bishop Arts, like somebody owns uh, Antigua, and then I've got probably maybe four more campuses on my heart uh, right now that I'm that I'm praying through. So I look forward to sending more folks out, raise sending out more leaders, and can't wait to see what God is going to do uh, with this whole movement uh, that we get to be a part of. So love all of you a ton. Uh, anything else I need to share? Beautiful. Nope. All right. Hey, Andrew, why don't you go? ahead and share with us today what it means to be on the team. Awesome. Awesome. Good morning, guys. It's such a pleasure to be here with you guys. First of all, we love you guys a whole bunch. I would say this um, right off the bat. 
Um, it is an honor to be up here sitting next to this man. This man has been, uh, and, and actually uh, our pastor Onika as well, have been spiritual parents to Hannah and I and have um, poured so much into us. I would say um, shameless plug for um, discipleship, leadership, uh, leadership track, growth track. Um, if there's not somebody pouring into you, may I encourage you to find somebody who you respect their life. You see what something God doing something in their life and, and ask them to raise you up and to pour into you because it has been life-changing and detrimental for and such an honor for for Hannah and I as well. So so it's such an honor to get to be sharing with you guys this morning. Um, I want you guys to hear this message um, with a smile and with encouragement. And I want you guys to hear it from a, a heart that is for you. <laughs> um, and, and we're gonna and we're gonna end up with a lot of hope and excitement. Okay, so so um, my wife Hannah and I um, have lived in Guatemala for about six years um, over the past I don't know ten years something like that. And um, as a result, uh, one thing we find is there's this cliche that's kind of um, happens uh, is that people kind of believe and think that in Latin America um, people are there's like always a guitar playing in the background. People are just dance in the streets. Uh, there's always like tequila shots like nonstop all over the place. And it's just a better vibe if you're in Latin America, right? Like everybody kind of thinks it's like that. But actually, um, there are some big differences in the culture in Guatemala and America. And as we've been transitioning back into um, living here in the States, we've noticed some of that. And, and, and you could think, oh, it's just that Latins are more laid back. You could think that it's just the Latins are, are just more chill and Americans, for whatever reason, just love and desire control. And actually, I don't believe that that's actually the case. I, have a, I believe it a lot has a lot to do with not a Latin American, a North American versus Latin American, you know, cultural difference. It's way more of an environmental difference. It's, uh, I think this problem of desiring control is actually, um, is actually a human issue. And, uh, and, and so I, what I was going to share was, it was based out of that idea, because I think we see this um, in the church. I think we see this, this idea of, of, of valuing um, control and comfort over every other thing. Uh, it's something we actually idol- kind of turn into idolatry um, to the extent that I think it's almost like crack for us. If crack's not your thing, then Krispy Kreme donuts, like whatever that looks like um, for you. But, but um, it is something that we crave above all things comfort and control. And the reason I think that there's a big difference between these two cultures is because um, in, in Guatemala, because of the government, because of a lot of different other elements, um, people have let go of the idea of control since day one. They, they, they don't believe that they are going to have control over their lives, what, where they end up going to school. There's almost to an extent of um, um, uh, apathy. And here in America, I feel like we have an environment that that, that um, perpetuates the lie that we actually can have control. It actually reminds us and, and helps us kind of believe that we can actually have control over our lives and what things happen in our lives. And, and this actually isn't a biblical concept at all. Um, I think one of the things as a pastor, one of the biggest um, things that I hear as a pastor when I'm asking someone to grow in their in their in their walk with the Lord or or to do something or to become on team or or whatever that looks like for the what the next step is, you would hear something like, "Hey, I don't want to overcommit. I I, I want to make sure I don't overcommit." 
And, and, and this is funny to me because I feel like this goes back to that heart, that desire, that craving for control and for comfort. It comes out of a place in our hearts that, that believes somehow, some way we can control the outcome of our lives. And if we, and we can only just, if we can give, just give a, a portion and keep a portion that somehow that, that, that will make sense to Jesus. We're kind of bargaining with the Lord who gave everything for us. And, and so I want to talk about this because I think this, we, you, all of us have heard this. I don't want to overcommit. I, I, I don't, I, this is not a good season for me. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm not a super Christian like all those other people at Shoreline. You know, I, well, at least I'm coming to church, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I was, you, you don't know how far I've come. I've, I've come a long way. At least I'm coming to church, right? And, and, and I think that this is um, something that we, you can just fill in the blank, okay, guys? Just fill in the blank. If it's your marriage, your job, your parenting, whatever it looks like for you, you fill in the blank with what that looks like for you, that desire to maintain, con- maintain control and to not overcommit. Um, it's actually a lie that we um, believe, that we perpetuate, and that it, it has nothing to do with what Jesus Christ showed us when he walked here on this earth. Matthew chapter 10 um, verses 38 through 39 says this, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. He's saying, and I think it's important, we don't miss the cross part of this, okay? Because um, the, he, he used that analogy on purpose. The cross was final. The cross, in this time, in this culture, there was no coming back from that. You pick up that cross, you died. Done. It's not like this thing we see on some highways in New Mexico or something where some dude's got a wheel on the back of his cross and he's running down the highway. This is complete misunderstanding of the idea of carrying our cross. It's not a weightlifting technique. It is death. And it is final. And so what Jesus is saying here is, you've, you've missed the point of what I'm saying. You've already overcommitted. Wow. Yeah. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, the moment you said, you get all of my life, change what's messed up in me, you died, you, you, you identified with his death, burial, and resurrection in that moment. You already overcommitted. Um, and so I want to, I want to, here's the hope. Here's the hope, guys. Okay, ready? Um, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses uh, 8 through 10, it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for being, for doing good things that we have done. So, so none of us can boast about it or brag about it. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us so long ago. He's saying in this passage, he said it started with grace. It's, 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 it's grace right now in this season and it's going to end with grace. It has always been grace. It's always going to be grace. And if we ever think that there's some way that we are able to fulfill the calling of Jesus Christ in our lives without his grace, we're missing it completely. So, so what this whole idea is, is if we have already overcommitted, if death is the only option for us, our old self and new life is, is, is what is being promised. Let's not be afraid of overcommitting. Let's not be afraid of giving too much. Let's trust uh, uh, like what we did in the very beginning on day one that his grace had us. His grace is not a backpack that we carry into a meeting. His grace is a life uh, a lifeboat. His grace is what keeps us from drowning. It's the only thing that has allowed us to get to this point. Anything beyond that is an illusion. 
So let's say, I want to encourage you guys. Let's let go of this idea. I don't want to overcommit. I don't want anybody to, you know, and if you've said it, I'm not talking to you, okay? Because <laughs> I've said it, okay? I've said this. And, and I want to encourage you guys. This is a mentality we need to let go of. We need to let go of that control, let go of that desire for comfort, and realize that he has got you 100% in his grace. It's the only possibility that we get to see what God wants to do through this church and through our lives. Our pastor, I'm going to end with this. Our pastors um, constantly say um, that we can't do anything we do without his presence. Can I please encourage you to understand that they are not talking about just a beautiful worship service where we feel warm and fuzzy and gushy and gooey and it feels comfortable. They're saying that we literally can't wake up in the morning. We can't be the husbands and wives we're supposed to be without his presence. We can't be the parents we're supposed to be without his presence. We can't be the business leaders we're supposed to be without his presence. That we can do nothing without his presence and without his grace. This is, this is all about him. It's always been about him, guys. So let's overcommit. Let's jump in head first. Let, let's give it all and let's watch his grace carry us in, into this next season. Serve team, we love you. Thank you so much for using your gifts and your talents to make it honor as it is in heaven. We pray that today's talk has pushed you forward in your development as a leader. You are loved, you're valued, and you're believed in. Can't wait to see you on Sunday in one of our connect groups.